Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Minoya. Join me each week as Susanna Fleming and I probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Well, hello and welcome, Anchored and Reaching Friends. We're so glad that you are joining us and wherever you're doing, whether you're you know, out on a jog or you're sitting in your living room or you're multitasking like I'm always doing, we're so glad that you're inviting us into your life and inviting us into these conversations. Our hope is that we're hitting on conversations that are probably already happening in your mind and that we can all process them together. Or maybe you haven't really spent time thinking about this and this is just an opportunity to become curious about the way that God moves in the world. So anyway, my name is Susanna Fleming. If you haven't um, been listening and I'm here with Dr. Kevin Manoya. Hey, everybody. Nice to, and, and remember, there might be people driving a car too. Among oh, that's other true. Things. Please stay safe. Yes, please stay safe. <laughs> um, but today we are talking about the Word of God. Um, so the B-I-B-L-E or... <laughs> more. Something else. More or more. More, more, more <laughs> um, than the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just launch off of that and well, expand okay. on that, Kevin? So the idea I think that we want to talk about is this, that the Word of God is more than words. And I, I think that may actually be the title of this episode that we're talking about. So um, let's make some sense of that, that the, that the word of God is more than words. Uh, to cut to the chase, I suppose, Susanna, maybe just saying that the Bible is not enough. I mean, is that too radical? Um, <laughs> just come right out with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it maybe causes people a little bit of a, of a step. Don't lose your step uh, if you're running and certainly don't jerk the steering wheel if you're driving. Um, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful at all, because certainly what we call the Bible is the, the Word of God. And more than that, Scripture is God's expression, self-expression. But what I mean by that is that the Word of God is more than the Bible. Um, and let, let's think about this, that when, when you talk about uh, the Bible, most of the time people are going to refer to it as the Word of God. So if I walk in a room, into a church, into a Sunday school class, or into a small group or whatever, and I pick up this, this book, this leather-bound book, and I hold it up and I say, what is this? Most people are going to say, that's the Word of God. Well, that's true. It is. But, it's, but, it's more, but there's more to the Word of God than this, than this book. Um, because when you think about the idea of word, you have to realize that word is a way to express ourselves, right? And if we go back to the idea of the logos, the, the ether that holds the world, the, the, the cosmos together, you go back to the, to creation, the breath, uh, it's much more than just the written word. When you and I are talking, Susanna, we are exchanging words as a way to express ourselves 
and to understand each other. Occasionally, you will send me a text or I'll send you a chat message or whatever, and we are writing our words to express ourselves so that, so that we can understand each other. When, when we speak to other people, we share words as a way to reveal ourselves so that they will know us. When I write a letter to my wife, I'm trying to express myself to her so that she will know me. But those aren't the only ways that people express themselves. People express themselves in their gestures. They express themselves in their, in their tone of voice, in their body language. They express themselves in the gifts that they use, like the artist paints a painting and they're expressing themselves. The sculptor sculpts a sculpture and, and she's expressing herself. The composer, I mean, even the songs we sing in our worship times, those come out of the expression of people or they are being composed by people who are expressing themselves. And we become the beneficiaries of that. And we get to know them. A painter paints a painting, and we get to know the person through the painting, you see. So in the same way as there are a variety of ways of expressing ourselves so that we can be known and make ourselves known, God also expressed God's own self in a myriad of ways so that we could know who God is. So we go back to the book of Genesis, for example, and six times God expressed himself in just in the first chapter, right? Um, uh, and, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let the firmament above be separated from the firmament, firmament below. And it was happened. And God said, let there be uh, creatures that crawl across the land and fish that swim in the sea. And it happened. And, and God expressed himself. And, and God created man and woman in God's own image. You talk about the crowning expression of God's heart. It was in humanity. And he said, it's really good. This is a self-expression of God. So these are all part and parcel to the word of God. So now we begin to say, well, if the word is really an expression of God, then when we see creation, we are we are seeing the word of God. When we see our, when we experience our own conscience, conscience that says, don't do this or do that, and we know the difference between right, that is an expression of God. When we see, uh, you know, all of creation, we're seeing God's self-expression and we can, we can see God in all of this. Well, then later God expressed, God made self-expression in the prophets and in the law. You see, and Hebrews says in these last days through Jesus, God expressed himself. The word become flesh. Now, some people say, well, um, the word is really just limited to the Bible. Well, if that's the case, then what do you do when we get to John 1, 1? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, the word is much more than the printed word or the written word. There we're referring to the logos, the, the energy, the presence, the personality that was in the beginning before anything was created, and according to Colossians 1.7, uh, holds everything together. That is God's word, God's expression that creates and sustains all that is. That is the word of God, and it's much more than the Bible.
Uh, now, again, the Bible is the Word of God. Don't misunderstand. Don't walk out of here. Don't turn us off. Don't think that somehow I'm being super heretical, that I've offended or whatever. Maybe I am offending. But it's, it's, it's a whole lot more than the Bible. The Bible is so important. And we'll talk about that in another episode, the primacy of Scripture in terms of understanding the authority of truth. But 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 we've got to see that God's expressions, God's self-expression is more than in a book. And the, because the danger is, if we limit God's word to the book, then we're going to start worshiping the book instead of the author of the book. Now, <laughs> have I offended anybody or have offended you or pushed too hard? No, I think you laid it out very well. And I appreciate that last thought, which is... You know, ultimately, we serve a God who's expressed himself in so many beautiful ways in the mm -hmm. world. And for us to fixate on one at the expense of the others is actually to, I mean, like you said, God became, or the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so, like Jesus being the word of God, we forget that sometimes. And I think the, the reason that you said the Bible isn't enough is because, well, for sure it's not enough. Like we need Jesus. <laughs> you, right. <laughs> like, you think? <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty obvious statement yeah. in my opinion. And a lot of people, they. Thanks for saving me, by the way, on that one. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of criticism for that statement, <laughs> but thanks for pulling me out of the fire on that one. <laughs> in case people didn't, you know, pick up on it because yeah. obviously that's a pretty provocative statement, but it's for a reason because we really sure. need to think about this stuff. And a lot of times, you know, we, we don't think about, we get worried about pantheism and worshiping nature and, you know, different religions that do that. But like God's self-expression is in nature and it doesn't mean God is nature. We don't need to right. obviously jump there, but he, he just created this beautiful world. And for us to see, revelation in that is important. And I know we'll probably in the future talk about special revelation versus all these kinds of revelation, all these theological terms. But yeah, that's that's true. And there's an awful lot that we can do with this. But to mm -hmm. begin by just simply saying that, that as we understand even this idea of God's self-expression, we understand it to be so through the written word. Right. right. So the so, so again, for those who may think that I've invalidated the Bible as the Word of God, I'm not. It's it, it's using the Bible that we have to actually um, lay out the diversity of how God provided us with self-expression. Now, that's actually uh, coming through the testimony of early witnesses. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's Moses or in the prophets, the whether any of the prophets or Solomon or David or whoever has written, but but we understand God's self-expression through the witness of other people and the experience they had with God, who then, under inspiration, put these things into writing. So when we think about those early self-expressions of God and we think about the earth being without form and void and 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 the breath of god moved across the face of the earth and expressed god's own self in bringing order out of that chaos and and then later on the logos in the greek understanding of logos as the the, the energy the the force that comes from god to to not only create but sustain mm -hmm. 
When you read Paul in Colossians, you know, I mean, you put it against Genesis. Not only did God create, but God sustains. And then you read about how Jesus was with God when things were created. Jesus is God, of course, was there when things were created and through him all things hold together. That's the logos. That's not the printed word. That's the living, present word, the expression of God. So I just want us to zoom out and take off the blinders and and not fixate, and boy, this sounds tacky, but not fixate on just a book, but let the book reveal the totality and the many ways that God has provided us self-expression all so that we can know God. Just think about it. God did all of this so that we could know God. Yeah, and what do we mean when we say that the word is living and active, right? I mean, like, I think this actually helps us engage with the written word of God even better Mm -hmm. because we start to recognize that it's more than just words on a page, right? Like, there's the um, the rhema word of God, mm-hmm. which is the word that refers to the living and active word of God, the, the word that we um, hear. And, you, you know, as you read the Bible, hear the word of God. So there's a lot of different um, really positive implications of opening our eyes to this. And the, the primary one being that we get um, to have a much more full and robust and beautiful understanding of God's work in the world. One example of um, the Bible itself revealing one of the ways that God um, reveals himself to us. You mentioned conscience, um, Uh how it's like written in our conscience. And I wanted to um, reference that. That's in Romans 2, 12 through 16, particularly that verse 15, it says, they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, mm-hmm. their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts, though sometimes accusing them, at other times defending them. It goes on. But even in that verse, we see like, okay, the law of God written on our hearts, the conscious bearing witness to God. And that's what Kevin was referring to as yeah, far as yeah, revelation exactly. is concerned. I mean, you think about it. Um, I mean, you got to work really hard not to run into God somewhere. Yeah. You really do. I mean, you got to be living under a rock not to run into to, to miss God somewhere. And I mean, you look around and you see the expression of God everywhere, which is why then Paul shows up and he says, folks, come on now. He, God has not left himself without a witness. There's a witness to God anywhere you look. You can't miss it unless mm-hmm. you're really working hard to miss God. So that's why rejecting God is an act of the will that says, I'm going to put on blinders. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to ignore everything I see. But man, what it says about God is enormous because God will go to any length whatsoever in self-revelation. God loves creation so much and wants to reconcile all things back to himself so much that he is going to self-reveal, express himself in as many possible ways as he possibly can so that we won't miss God unless we choose to, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you talk about a loving God. You talk about a God who's who's on the hunt to re- reconcile all things and us particularly back to himself. Wow, there's no chance to miss it. 
unless we choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well said. Um, I don't even know if there's anything else that needs to be said on the topic outside of that in the future, we really want to to go over, like Kevin said, the what we do with the authority of scripture yeah. and, um, and truth. And, you know, that that's important. That's a conversation we want to really, you know, really elevate the Bible. And I'm sure we'll talk about as a teaser, the Wesleyan quadrilateral and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about all of this and, and the numbers of ways, I mean, if you just are reading through the Bible, for example, um, God self-revealed six times in Genesis, and we still have the artwork of the artist of Genesis 1. Just like we go to a museum, we look at the art, and we, we, we begin to learn about the artist. God, mm-hmm. then, God then spoke the law as a way of self-revealing. God then... Um, self-revealed through the prophets, through the kings. God self-revealed then in these last days through Jesus, Hebrews 1.1. And then God self-revealed through the written word, right? Um, All of these things in an effort of a loving parent to be restored in relationship with children who are darkened, who are blinded, who are deaf, and who need the light of revelation to open their eyes and become awakened. So when we talk about revelation, we're talking about not just uh, the apocalypse, not just the book of Revelation. We're talking about God self-revealing or self-expressing combined with then us seeing God's self-expression and waking up. Wesley called it an awakening you know, and, and, and we sort of open our eyes and say, wow, now that doesn't happen on our own strength, but nevertheless, it is God's effort to get through to us supremely through Jesus, but also through these other ways. And, and that is how we need to begin to see God's work, God's story of salvation with us. Uh, let's take off the, the boundary lines. Let's take off the double yellow lines between science and faith, between the Bible and experience. Let's take down these walls and say, God has expressed God's own self in a myriad of ways. Do we have eyes to see? Do we have ears to hear? And if so, then let our hearts be awakened and our eyes be, be enlightened in the revelation of God. And if that's bringing up a little bit of fear in you as you explore this idea of, you know, these different ways that God reveals himself in the world outside of just the written word of God, I want to encourage you, this podcast is called Anchored and Reaching. So we're presenting an idea of staying, you know, anchored in the written word of God, but also understanding that God does reveal himself in all of these other ways. And it's a loving God. He's a loving God who ultimately his his goal and desire is to develop relationship with each and every one of us. And he loves us so much that he did it through many ways. And so um, I know that this probably is bringing up different questions in your mind. We want to cover all of those in the future. Um, this isn't this conversation isn't over by any means, but hopefully you can walk away with this just with a, a curiosity and a um really like looking up and saying, okay, God, like, 
where can I see you in creation? Where, where can I um, learn more about you as I study the person of Jesus? And where can I um, hear your voice? And then ultimately, you know, coming back to scripture, but we'll talk more about that in the future. Yeah, I agree. Good, good sum up, Susanna. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created.